بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا الى الله باذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم ان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدع وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ماري ريسبكتد براذر سيستر زلدرز ذا توبيك اوف ماي خطبه توداي از ريفايفينغ ذا ميراكل اي واز اباوت تو تايتل ذس خطبه مينتيننج ذا ميراكل وين اي ريلايز ذات ا مور تروثفول تايتل وود بي ريفايفينغ ذا ميراكل ناو ويچ ميراكل the miracle of creating a brotherhood of faith the ummah of muhammad rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wa sahbi wasallam i call it the greatest of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam's achievements because of the incredible challenge that he faced in creating it not only did he have to deal with ethnic and racial diversity but even more ingrained and powerfully hierarchies based on tribal economic cultural and linguistic differences he had to deal with a society in which honor could only be satisfied by shedding blood and vendetta was a time honored tradition spanning generations it was this group that he welded together where bilal bin raba radhiyallahu anhu an african muhajir and an ex slave was paired as a brother with abu rawaha abdullah bin abdurrahman radhiyallahu anhu a black man and an arab who could have imagined that situation in pre islamic tribal arabia who can imagine that situation today salman al farsi radhiyallahu anhu another ex slave persian was paired was paired with abu darda al ansari radhiyallahu anhu and of course many others these people were not simply roommates they became brothers in a deeper sense than we feel today for our own blood brothers and faith became holier and dearer to them than blood the stories of the muhajirun and the ansar are the stuff of legends and had they not been so authentically documented they would appear to be fables and fairy tales given the state of muslim society today which is riddled with racism and casteism 
divided into false biradaris and sects which are quick to pronounce takfir and declare those who don't belong to their specific sect as apostates. We must fear Allah. In this blessed month of Rabiul Awal, the month of both the birth and the passing away of Rasulullah wasallam, when we are very keen to celebrate his birth, let us ask which of our actions would have caused him the most pain and is the first thing that we therefore need to change. I say to you that the thing about us that would have pained him wasallam, the most is our divisions, our internal conflicts, our groupism, our sects, our hatred for one another. Today for us it is not enough that our brother is a Muslim. He must be from the same madhab, sect and group and caste and color and tribe. If that is not racism, tell me what is it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called us Muslims. But what did we do? Allah Iqbal says this very, very eloquently. He says, Yun to Sayyid biho, Mirza biho, Afghan biho. Yun to Sayyid biho, Mirza biho, Afghan biho. Tum sabi kuch ho, batao to Musalman biho. He said, You are a Sayyid and you are a Mirza and you are an Afghan. You are everything, but tell me, are you also Muslim? Do some research about where these castes among Muslims came from, and you may well be surprised. There is an excellent book called Zat Pat or Musalman and it has been translated into English as well by Maulana Masood Falahi which has a detailed analysis of this subject which created <coughs> among other abominations a sect called Dalit Muslims in India. Sadly this groupism and who are Dalit Muslims? Dalit Muslims are Muslims who are not allowed into a masjid which is run by upper caste Muslims. A Muslim is not allowed inside the masjid. Sadly, this groupism and tribalism, tribalism is not in the subcontinent alone. It's not only in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. The lines dividing one Arab Muslim from another and one African Muslim from another are equally bad or worse. I shudder to think about what we will say when we meet Rasulullah and he asks us what he did with the Umbah that he had forged. Believe it or not, that is a very real possibility. The solution is to do our best to revive his miracle, the miracle of the Muslim Ummah of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Rasulullah sallallahu set us the best example and all that we need to do is to follow it. Do what he did and we will once again be one people united by our love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called us one ummah, the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in two places, in two ways. The difference being in one word alone. In Surah Al-Anbiya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Inna hadihi ummatukum ummatan wahida, wa ana rabbukum fa'budun. Allah said, which means truly this, your ummah, the brotherhood of faith, is one brotherhood, is one ummah, and I am your rabb, therefore worship me alone. And two surahs later, in Surah Muminun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَإِنَّ هَذِهِ أُمَّتُكُمْ أُمَّةً وَاحِدًا وَأَنَا رَبُّكُمْ فَاتَّقُونَ فَعْبُدُونَ فَاتَّقُونَ 
which means and verily your ummah the muslim brotherhood of faith is one brotherhood one ummah and i am your rabb so have my taqwa live in a way that pleases me fear my displeasure these two ayat sum up the essence of being an ummah and the essence of being a muslim the cause of our cohesion is that we worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and nobody else all of us our way of life is to please allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is what defines us this is our signature it's our brand it's our differentiator among all nations we are the nation that worships only allah and which lives by one principle alone and that is how to please allah that way is the sunnah of muhammad rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that is our way because we are his ummah i want to remind myself and you to take heed from this moment onwards and discard and drop every thought idea way tradition or definition that separates us from our brothers and sisters across the world and embrace the inclusive anti-racist ideology of islam that joins us all together based on our love for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam that is the essence of the kalima tayyiba that is our creed and that is what it means to live islam the big question is how can we make that happen the answer once again is very simple allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminded and admonished us <clears throat> and he said wa'tasimu bihablillahi jami'an wa la tafarraqu wadhkuru ni'matallahi alaykum idh kuntum a'da'an fa'allafa bayna qulubikum fa'asbahtum bi ni'matihi ikhwana wa kuntum ala shafa hufratin minan nar fa'ankhadhakum minha kadhalika yubayyinullahu lakum ayatihi la'allakum tahtadun allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said which means and hold fast all of you together to the rope of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is his kalam the quran and do not be divided among yourselves and remember allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's favor on you for you were enemies one to another but he joined your hearts together so that by his grace you became brethren in islam and you were on the brink of a pit of fire and he saved you from it thus allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes his ayat clear to you that you may be guided what must we do allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved us and told us how to say stay safe and that is hold fast to the book of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this includes its words its meanings and its practice which is the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam take every decision based on one criterion only and that is does it please allah does it follow the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi this is the essence of tawhid and taqwa allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not tell us not to disagree allah did not say la tafarraqu allah said la tafarraqu allah did not say la takhtalifu he did not say do not have ikhtilaf or rai he said do not create sects do not divide amongst yourself we may, we must learn to disagree without being disagreeable without hating one another without abusing one another appreciating that difference of opinion is not opposition ikhtilaf e rai mukhalifat nahi hoti do alag cheez hai 
Difference of opinion is not opposition, but it's a sign of real commitment. Only the commitment bother to disagree. Others don't care. They will say nothing. Finally, there are two essential requirements to ensure that we don't fall into the trap of disputing and forming sects and divisions. And they are forgiving one another and not backbiting. Without these two, no relationship in the world can survive. With these two, no relationship can break. We have examples from our Salafu Salahin and the Sahaba where they disagreed on extremely serious matters. There is a lecture of mine on, inshallah, some, someday we'll do it, on Adab al-Ikhtilaf, on the etiquette of disagreeing. And I've given you examples from the Sahaba downwards who disagreed on Masail of Aqidah. There is nothing more serious in Islam than that. The Sahaba disagreed on Masail of Aqidah. But nobody ever abused another one. Nobody ever said so-and-so is a kafir. I'll give you act- actual examples, historical examples, <coughs> inshallah. That is what we need to learn. Adab al-ikhtilaf. Aqulu qawli hadha astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li sa'ilil muslimin. Fastaghfiru innahu huwa al-ghafuru rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen. Muhammadur Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasliman kathiran kathiran. Fa'amma ba'du faqala ta'ala inna allaha wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد ما بدن سسترز اي منشن تو اسينشال ريكويرمنتس تو كيپ ذا هارتس توجذر اند تو ريتين اند بيكم ون امه اجين وات ار ذوس تو وات از ذا فرست ون فورغيفنس What's the second one? Okay, being brain dead is not a good idea, right? Rekindle your brains. No backbiting, exactly. The first is forgiveness. We need it. We must practice it. There is no person in the world who is perfect who does not need forgiveness. We beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us. And if he didn't, we would be lost. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَالْيَعْفُوا وَالْيَسْفَحُوا أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورُ رَحِيمٌ In the ayat of Surah An-Nur relating to the slander on Sayyidah Aisha Siddiqa radiya anha and the people who did that, obviously it is something which is so serious that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed Quran about it. Yet what is Allah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prescribed punishment. I mean, there is, this is not, nobody got away. So punishment is prescribed for those who slandered Sayyidah Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu And a law was established in Islam, in Islamic Sharia based on that. However, what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying about what to do with those people? Allah is saying, won't you forgive them? Allah is saying, let them pardon and forgive. 
whatever they did they did you pardon them and forgive them do you not love that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should forgive you allah is relating that with his own forgiveness why won't you forgive your brother or sister don't you want allah to forgive you eh? tell me whoever we are offended with their crime is it as evil as what they did with sayyida aisha radhiyallahu but we carry grudges we carry garbage in our hearts a grudge is garbage a grudge is carrying a live red hot coal in your hand the only one it burns is yourself nobody else forgive a friend of mine asked me and i'm going to do a longer fajr reminder on that in the night but a friend of mine asked me he said i can forgive somebody who asks for forgiveness right but if somebody doesn't even ask for forgiveness they don't even care why should i forgive my answer to that is if you are carrying a piece of stinking garbage in your top pocket who is it harming the simple as that who is it harming why won't you forgive why do you feel sad and pain and depressed and angry and so on just because somebody does not respect you or somebody does not think highly of you why you know what that means that means that you are giving that power to make you sad into the hand of that person right they they are they have your remote control why would you do that for what take it back it's your remote control it's your life right why does it matter to you what i think about you why do you give that into my hands i'm not saying disregard everyone no the opinion of some people in our lives who we respect who are worthy of respect our teachers our parents and so on these are these opinions are important but believe me in, in the life of any average person those people can be counted on the fingers of one hand and sometimes you might not even use all the fingers the rest of the world it doesn't matter a damn what whether they like you or they don't like you it doesn't matter one hoot makes no difference but we are indoctrinated in social media <clears throat> my next khutbah is on ai so we'll talk about that more but we are indoctrinated on that I have so many friends on Facebook. Just ask somebody, what is the actual benefit of having so many friends? As I said, I'll talk about talk about this more next Juma. But just ask this some one question to you: What is the actual measurable physical benefit to you of having so many friends? And what would be lost if suddenly one day all of them disappeared? Everyone, what will be lost? If I'm Amma's friend, will I disappear? I want I'm still here. I'm talking about your Facebook friends. Right? We need to we need to get our minds back in our control. Our minds are in the control of others. And that's not a happy place to be in, believe me. Forgive people because it's about us. It's not about them. Abdul Rahman ibn Auf radiyallahu anhu said that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said there are three things concerning which by the one in whose hand is the soul of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam 
I would certainly swear an oath. One, first one, wealth does not decrease because of charity, so give charity. Number two, no person pardons another, forgives another for some mistreatment, seeking thereby the pleasure of Allah alone. He's not doing it to get a good name, he's not doing it because he likes the He's doing it because Allah will he, because he wants Allah to forgive. Nobody pardons another for some mistreatment, thereby seeking the pleasure of Allah, but Allah will raise him in status because of that. And the third one, nobody asks from people. Nobody puts out his hand, but Allah will increase him in poverty. And this is in Musnad Imam Ahmad, Rasulullah said, I can swear an oath by this. Abu Hurairah said that Rasulullah said, it is not lawful, it is not legal, it is not halal, it is haram for a Muslim to forsake and not talk to his brother or sister beyond three days. And whosoever does so for more than three days and dies will certainly enter Jahannam. And this is in Sunan Abi Dawud. Abdullah ibn Amr reported that Rasulullah said, Be merciful to others and you will receive mercy. Forgive others and Allah will forgive you. My brothers and sisters, forgiveness is the adhesive of friendship and brotherhood. It is the lifeblood of marriages. Without it, all these relationships will perish. Let us forgive each other and seek the forgiveness of anyone that we wronged. Don't let the sun set on you today until you have forgiven and sought forgiveness. Ready? Inshallah. The second thing to keep in mind and avoid at all costs is ghiba and namima. Backbiting and insinuation. Backbiting is like cancer or like termites in wood. You cannot see the effect until it becomes fatal and irreversible. Tragically, backbiting is our social life today. It forms the bulk of social conversation for a lot of people. Riba and Namima destroy trust in society and when trust is destroyed, brotherhood breaks and the society falls apart. That is what is happening to us today. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbade and condemned backbiting in such strong terms. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu jtanibu kathiran min al-zan inna baada al-zanni ithm وَلَا تَجَسَّسُوا وَلَا يَغْتَبْ بَعْدُكُمْ بَعْدًا أَيُحِبُّ أَحَدُكُمْ أَنْ يَأْكُلَ لَحْمَ أَخِيهِ مَيْتًا فَكَرِهْتُمُهُ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَوَابُ الرَّحِيمُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said which means O oh you who believe avoid suspicion indeed some suspicions are sin and do not spy on one another do not backbite one another would you with one of you like to eat the flesh of his dead brother you would hate it, so hate backbiting. And fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Verily, Allah is the one who accepts repentance and most merciful. Ibn al-Jawzi rahmatullahi said that Sayyid ibn Jubair radiallahu said a slave will be brought on the day of resurrection and presented with his record. He will not see his prayers and he will not see his fasting and he will not see his good deeds. He will say, Ya Rab, this is somebody else's record. Because I had good deeds and they are not here. It will be said to him, Verily, your Rabb does not overlook or forget. Your deeds have vanished because you used to backbite people. Imagine how crazy it is 
that you want to give your deeds to somebody you don't even like. Right? That's why Imam, Imam uh, Bukhari Rahmatullah said, if I want to do ghibah, I will do ghibah of my mother. <laughs> if there was something to say, I will say about her because my good deeds will go to my mother, which is good. Otherwise, you are backbiting. Who do you backbite? Somebody you don't like. So you are giving your good deeds to someone you don't even like. Does it make sense? Abu Hurairah reported that Rasulullah said, Whoever has wronged his brother with regard to his honor or anything else, let him seek his forgiveness today, before the day comes when there will be no dinar and no dirham. And if he has any good deeds to his credit, they will be taken from him in a manner commensurate with the wrong that he did. And if he has no good deeds, then some of his victims' bad deeds will be taken and added to his burden. My dear brothers and sisters, <coughs> let us prepare for the time when we will meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can only give what we have and therefore the tarbiyah of adults is critical for change to happen. Parenting cannot be outsourced. Parents must parent. And for that, parents need to do their own tarbiyah and they can't do it on their own. They have to go to somebody to, to do it for them. Correct yourself. The, the, the essence of knowledge is khashyatullah. And that's what we need to ask ourselves if we have that in our hearts. I remind myself and you that when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we, we will not be asked what happened. We will be asked, what did you do? I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our actions a means of benefiting ourselves in the dunya wal akhirah. Rabbana faghfir lana dhunubana wa kaffir lana sayyatina wa tawaffana ma'ala barar. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna lana kunana min al-khasirin. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna min al-zalimin. Rabbik fir warham wa anta khairul rahimin. اللهم اهدنا فيمن هديت وعافنا فيمن عافيت وتولنا فيمن توليت وبارك لنا فيما عطيت وقنا واصرفنا شر ما خذيت فإنك تقضي ولا يخضع عليك فإنه لا يذل مواليت ولا يعز من عديت تبارك ربنا وتعاليت نستغفرك اللهم ونتوب إليك آمين يا رب العالمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينحى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عذو يستجيب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيموا السلام